Lord of the Flies, Chapter 8, Gift for the Darkness. You have some vocabulary words for this. They're at the top of your guided notes. The ones that you have for this are rebuke, which is sharp disapproval or criticism. Parody, which is like um, an imitation or um, pretending. Derision is contempt, ridicule, or mockery. Demure is reserved, modest, or shy. Fervor is intense, passionate feeling. Cynicism is the belief that people are selfishly motivated. Um, it means that you're skeptical, that you think there's bad reasons for people to do things. That's cynicism. Elusive is difficult to find, catch, or achieve. It's spelled elusive. E-L-L-U-S-I-V-E in your vo vocabulary glossary. It's I-L-L-U-S-I-V-E. That's how it's spelled in the book. And then tremulous means shaking or quivering slightly. So those vocabulary words there, you may have heard of a few of them. Like you may have heard the word cynic, which is like cynicism. Um, some of the things you're going to be looking for along with the main events of the chapter Think about this quote, Ralph thinks you're cowards running away from the boar and the beast, and that's not all. So you need to know who says that, who is he talking to, did Ralph really say that he thinks you're cowards running away from the boar and the beast, and why does the speaker who says that quote, why does he say that? You need to find quotes from chapter 8 about Ralph. Jack and Simon, that's quotes about them, not quotes that they say. Some of the themes that you're looking at in this are leadership. So you need to make notes, a mind map, or write keywords on how the theme of leadership is explored in this chapter. You're also going to be looking at the theme of good and evil, good versus evil, and what that means. You're going to give three reasons why Jack thinks that Ralph is a poor or bad chief or leader. And then you're going to figure out why the boys wanted to move the fire. Where did they move it to and whose idea it was to move the fire. You're going to look at who or what is the Lord of the Flies. And then you're going to analyze the title of the chapter, A Gift for the Darkness. How does that relate to the Lord of the Flies? Does the Lord of the Flies really speak? Explain. What does it symbolize? And then why do you think that Golding chose this particular character to have a conversation with the Lord of the Flies? Let's see. Your review questions for this chapter the boys now believe that the beast exists and that they have proof. In your opinion, how will this change things on the island? It, then when Jack calls a vote to get rid of Ralph as chief, none of the boys raise their hands. Why do you think that they don't respond yet sneak off and then join Jack later? Explain the importance of the Lord of the Flies. And in your own words, explain what the Lord of the Flies communicates to Simon. So you're looking for all those things in chapter 8. Chapter 8, Gift for the Darkness. 
Piggy looked up miserably from the dawn pale beach to the dark mountain. Are you sure? Really sure, I mean? I told you a dozen times now, said Ralph. We saw it. Do you think we're safe down here? How the hell should I know? Ralph jerked away from him and walked a few paces along the beach. Jack was kneeling and drawing a circular pattern in the sand with his forefinger. Piggy's voice came to them, hushed. Are you sure? Really? Go up and see, said Jack contemptuously, and good riddance. No fear. The beast had teeth, said Ralph, and big black eyes. He shuddered violently. Piggy took off his one round of glass and polished the surface. What are we going to do? Ralph turned toward the platform. The conch glimmered among the trees, a white blob against the place where the sun would rise. He pushed back his mop of hair. I don't know. He remembered the panic flight down the mountainside. I don't think we'd ever fight that size, a thing that size, honestly, you know. We'd talk, but we wouldn't fight a tiger. We'd hide. Even Jack could hide. Jack still looked at the sand. What about my hunters? Simon came stealing out of the shadows by the shelters. Ralph ignored Jack's question. He pointed to the touch of yellow above the sea. As long as they're light, we're brave enough. But then? And now that thing squats by the fire as though it didn't want us to be rescued. He was twisting his hands now unconsciously. His voice rose. So we can't have a signal fire. We're beaten. A point of gold appeared above the sea, and at once the sky lightened. What about my hunters? Boys armed with sticks. Jack got to his feet. His face was red as he marched away. Piggy, Piggy put on his one glass and looked at Ralph. Now you done it. You've been rude about his hunters. Oh, shut up. The sound of the inexpertly blown conch interrupted them. As though he were serenading the rising sun, Jack went on blowing till the shelters were astir, and the hunters crept to the platform, and the little ones whimpered as now they so frequently did. Ralph rose obediently and Piggy, and they went to the platform. Talk, said Ralph bitterly. Talk, talk, talk. He took the conch from Jack. This meeting, Jack interrupted him. I called it. If you hadn't called it, I should have. You just blew the conch. Well, isn't that calling it? Oh, take it. Go on, talk. Ralph thrust the conch into Jack's arms and sat down on the trunk. I've called an assembly, said Jack, because of a lot of things. First, you know now, we've seen the beast. We crawled up. We were only a few feet away. The beast sat up and looked at us. I don't know what it does. We don't even know what it is. The beast comes out of the sea, out of the dark. Trees. Quiet, shouted Jack. You listen. The beast is sitting up there, whatever it is. Perhaps it's waiting. Hunting. Yes, hunting. Hunting, said Jack. He remembered his age-old tremors in the forest. Yes, the beast is a hunter, only... Shut up. The next thing is that we couldn't kill it. And the next is that Ralph said my hunters are no good. I never said that. Remember, you're supposed to be looking for a quote very similar to that. I've got the conch. Ralph thinks you're cowards running away from the boar and the beast. And that's not all. There was a kind of sigh on the platform as if everyone knew what was coming. Jack's voice went up tremulous yet determined, pushing against the uncooperative silence. 
He's like Piggy. He says things like Piggy. He isn't a proper chief. Jack clutched the conch to him. He's a coward himself. For a moment, he paused, and then he went on. On top, when Roger and me went on, he stayed back. I went too. After. The two boys glared at each other through screens of hair. I went on too, said Ralph. Then I ran away. So did you. Call me a coward then. Jack turned to the hunters. He's not a hunter. He'd never have got us meat. He isn't a prefect, and we don't know anything about him. He just gives orders and expects people to obey for nothing. All this talk. All this talk, shouted Ralph. Talk, talk. Who wanted it? Who called the meeting? Jack turned red in the face, his chin sunk back. He glowered up under his eyebrows. All right, then, he said in tones of deep meaning and menace. All right. He held the conch against his chest with one hand and stabbed the air with his index finger. Who thinks Ralph oughtn't to be chief? He looked expectantly at the boys ranged around, who had frozen. Under the palms, there was deadly silence. Hands up said Jack strongly. Whoever wants Ralph not to be chief. The silence continued, breathless and heavy and full of shame. Slowly, the red drained from Jack's cheeks, then came back with a painful rush. He licked his lips and turned his head at an angle so that his gaze avoided the embarrassment of linking with another's eyes. How many think, his voice trailed off, the hands that held the conch shook. He cleared his throat and spoke loudly. All right, then. He laid the conch with great care in the grass at his feet. The humiliating tears were running from the corner of each eye. I'm not going to play any longer. Not with you. Most of the boys were looking down now at the grass or their feet. Jack cleared his throat again. I'm not going to be part of Jack's, of Ralph's lot. Sorry, Ralph. He looked along the right-hand logs, numbering the hunters that had been a choir. I'm going off by myself. He can catch his own pigs. Anyone who wants to hunt when I do can come too. He blundered out of the triangle toward the drop to the white sand. Jack! Jack turned and looked back at Ralph. For a moment, he paused, then cried out, high-pitched, enraged. No! He leapt down from the platform and ran along the beach, paying no heed to the steady fall of his tears. And until he dived into the forest, Ralph watched him. Picking up in chapter 8 at the top of page 128. Piggy was indignant. I've been talking, Ralph, and you just stood there like... Softly, looking at Piggy and not seeing him, Ralph spoke to himself. He'll come back. When the sun goes down, he'll come. He looked at the conch in Piggy's hands. What? Well, there! Piggy gave up the attempt to rebuke Ralph. He polished his glass again and went back to his subject. We can do it without Jack Meridew. There's others besides him on this island. But now we really got a beast, though I can't hardly believe it. We'll need to stay close to the platform. There will be less need of him and his hunting. So now we really can decide on what's what. There's no help, Piggy. Nothing to be done. For a while, they sat in depressed silence. Then Simon stood up and took the conch from Piggy, who was so astonished that he remained on his feet. Ralph looked up at Simon. Simon, what is it this time? A half sound of jeering ran round the circle and Simon shrank from it. I thought there might be something to do, something we, 
Again, the pressure of the assembly took his voice away. Remember, Simon is not like talking in front of everyone. He sought for help and sympathy and chose Piggy. He turned half toward him, clutching the conch to his brown chest. I think we ought to climb the mountain. The circle shivered with dread. Simon broke off and turned to Piggy, who was looking at him with an expression of derisive incomprehension. What's the good of climbing up to this here beast when Ralph and the other two couldn't do nothing? Simon whispered his answer. What else is there to do? His speech made, he allowed Piggy to lift the conch out of his hands. Then he retired and sat as far away from the others as possible. Piggy was speaking now with more assurance and with what, if the circumstances had not been so serious, the others would have recognized as pleasure. I said we could all do without a certain person. Now I say we got to decide on what can be done. And I think I could tell you what Ralph's going to say next. The most important thing on the island is the smoke, and you can't have no smoke without a fire. Ralph made a restless movement. No go, Piggy. We've got no fire. That thing sits up there. We'll have to stay here. Piggy lifted the conch as though to add power to his next words. We got no fire on the mountain, but what's wrong with a fire down here? A fire could be built on them rocks, on the sand even. We'd make smoke just the same. That's right, smoke, by the bathing pool. The boys began to babble. Only Piggy could have the intellectual daring to suggest moving the fire from the mountain. So who was it that wanted to move the fire? So we'll have the fire down here, said Ralph, because Piggy is the one who suggested it, remember. He looked about him. We can build it just here between the bathing pool and the platform. Of course, he broke off frowning, thinking the thing out, unconsciously tugging at the stub of a nail with his teeth. Of course, the smoke won't show so much, not be seen so far away. But we needn't go near, near the... The others nodded in perfect comprehension. There would be no need to go near. We'll bid the fire now. The greatest ideas are the simplest. Now that there was something to be done, they worked with passion. Piggy was so full of delight and expanding liberty in Jack's departure, so full of pride in his contribution to the good of society, that he helped to fetch wood. The wood he fetched was close at hand, a fallen tree on the platform, that they did not need for the assembly, yet to the others the sanctity of the platform had protected even what was useless there. Then the twins realized they would have a fire near them as a comfort in the night, and this set a few little ones dancing and clapping hands. The wood was not so dry as the fuel they had used on the mountain. Much of it was damply rotten and full of insects that scurried. Logs had to be lifted from the soil with care, or they crumbled into sodden powder. More than this, in order to avoid going deep into the forest, the boys worked near at hand on any fallen wood, no matter how tangled with new growth. The skirts of the forest and the scar were familiar. Near the conch and the shelters and sufficiently friendly in daylight, what they might become on darkness nobody could think. They worked, therefore, with great energy and cheerfulness, though as time crept up, crept by, there was a suggestion of panic in the energy and hysteria in the cheerfulness. They built a pyramid of leaves and twigs, branches and logs, on the bare sand by the platform. 
For the first time on the island, Piggy himself removed his one glass, knelt down, and focused the sun on tender. Soon there was a ceiling of smoke and a brush of yellow flame. The Litlands, who had seen few fires since the first catastrophe, became wildly excited. They danced and sang, and there was a partyish air about the gathering. At last, Ralph stopped work and stood up, smudging the sweat from his face with a dirty forearm. We'll have to have a small fire. This one's too big to keep up. Piggy sat down carefully on the sand and began to polish his glass. We could experiment. We could find out how to make a small hot fire and then put green branches on to make smoke. Some of them leaves must be better for that than the others. Who's the one with the brains on the island? It's Piggy. Piggy is the one that has the intelligence to think all these things through. As the fire died down, so did the excitement. The little ones stopped singing and dancing and drifted away toward the sea or the fruit trees or the shelters. Ralph dropped down in the sand. We'll have to make a new list of who's to look after the fire, if you can find them. He looked round, then for the first time he saw how few biggins there were and understood why the work had been so hard. Where's Maurice? Piggy wiped his glass again. I expect... No, he wouldn't go into the forest by himself, would he? Ralph jumped up, ran swiftly round the fire, and stood by Piggy, holding up his hair. But we've got to have a list. There's you and me and Sam and Eric, and... He would not look at Piggy, but spoke casually. Where's Bill and Roger? Piggy leaned forward and put a fragment of wood on there. On the fire. I expect they've gone. I expect they won't play, either. Ralph sat down and began to poke little holes into the sand. He was surprised to see that one had a drop of blood by it. He examined his bitten nail closely and watched the little globe of blood that gathered where the quick was not away. Piggy went on speaking. I seen them stealing off when we was gathering wood. They went that way, the same way as he went himself. Ralph finished his inspection and looked up into the air. The sky, as if in sympathy with the great changes among them, was different today and so misty that in some places the hot air seemed white. The disk of the sun was dull silver, as though it were nearer and not so hot, yet the air stifled. They always been making trouble, haven't they? The voice came near his shoulder and sounded anxious. We can do without them. We'll be happier now, won't we? Ralph sat. The twins came, dragging a great log and grinning in their triumph. They dumped the log among the embers so that sparks flew. We can do all right on, we, on our own, can't we? For a long time while the log dried, caught fire, and turned red hot, Ralph sat in the sand and said nothing. He did not see Piggy go to the twins and whisper to them, nor how the three boys went together into the forest. Here you are. He came to himself with a jolt. Piggy and the other two were by him. They were laden with fruit. I thought perhaps, said Piggy, we ought to have a feast, kind of. The three boys sat down. They had a great mass of the fruit with them, and all of it properly ripe. They grinned at Ralph as he took some and began to eat. Thanks, he said, then with an accent of pleased surprise. Thanks. Do all right on our own, said Piggy. It's them that haven't got no common sense that make trouble on this island. We'll make a little hot fire. Ralph remembered what had been worrying him. Where's Simon? I don't know. 
You don't think he's climbing the mountain. Piggy broke into noisy laughter and took more fruit. He might be. He gulped his mouth full. He's cracked.